So you ready? Yeah, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go then. Good luck. Have a nice time. Break your leg. And welcome to Show and Tell with Christopher Biggins. This is the podcast where I invite one of my esteemed friends, yes, that's you, to show off and tell me all about three things that tell a story in their lives. Big or small, new or old, their selections are completely up to them. And I'm sure that whatever they bring along, they will strike up some unforgettable conversations. So without any further delay, it's time to welcome today's Show and Teller. Hello, Christopher. William Hansen, how are you today? I am very well. This is the highlight of my month, I think. Ah, you said Potentially the year. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Now, of course, you're the UK's leading etiquette expert. Do you like that expression or does that get up your nose? Uh, it's it's fine. Yes, no, it's it's all right. I mean, I, I would always call myself an etiquette coach uh, because I think for anyone to call themselves an expert in something is, is a little bit immodest. That's why we wrote it. <laughs> yes, in, exactly. So it's fine if other people say it. And you you're, you do teaching lessons on modern manners. Now, you've just come back from Oman. Were you teaching the Omanians some of your etiquette, sophisticated... Yes. Books? Yeah. What were you, what were you doing? Uh, I was working for a, a government department. We shall say no more. And I was teaching the uh, the protocol department of said government department, uh, so uh, it was quite good fun. Um, Muscat is a is a lovely city. I don't know whether you've been to Amman, Christopher. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, you can see why it's called the jewel of the Middle East because it's unlike Dubai, which is so blingy and and just westernised. Yeah, I, I hate Dubai. Yeah, it's Amman is is much better. And presumably they looked after you uh, regally. They did. They did. And uh, I. Uh, we were we were given a driver for the entire uh, time that I was away, which was which was very nice to take me anywhere we wanted, and it just had the Amani flag on the number plate, which was quite smart. <laughs> um, and it got, got lots of looks. I was told the driver changed halfway through, and I I asked my sort of the the people I was working for. I said, oh, "Are you supposed to tip the driver?" And they said, "Well, it's completely up to you," which we all know Christopher means yes. And so I, I went to, to get some money and I said to my colleague, I went, how much do you think I should tip? And they went, oh, 300 Amani Real. And I sort of wasn't really thinking, so I'd got 300 Amani Real out. It was only when I was checking my bank statement a few days later, uh, I tipped this <laughs> poor driver £500. Oh. Which I am still to this day... I, I, it makes my blood boil. I'm so cross with myself. How many days did he drive you? Oh, only two, two and a half weeks, this driver. But he was there every day? He was pretty much. Some days he got uh, off very lightly. Yeah, yes, I'm sure. But it, it, I, I'd have paid him more because I just love the idea of having somebody waiting outside your hotel room or wherever you are <laughs> in a restaurant yes. to pick you up. I mean, that's it when I nice. win the lottery, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a, a wonderful car and I'd have a most gorgeous chauffeur. Why am I picturing Liberace all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> That was a great film, that film. It is, yes. Uh, And then I I just, I fantasise, because I love the thought of saying, uh, the ivy, please. And then they they wait, you know, they take you there and wait. And then you you don't have to worry about, you know, when you come out, they're there. Yeah, you just text them when you're 10 minutes from finishing. No, 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 you don't text them anything. They have to be, they have to know when you're coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it worked differently in a mom. But I was just a humble functionary. And being a, an etiquette expert, do you consider that a real job? <laughs> no, I think I'm stealing a living. <laughs> I, I, every day I go, really, people pay me to do this. 
because it's something, and I'll, I'll get onto this in a minute, it's, it's something that really happened by complete accident. So I'm delighted, you know, when I, whether I'm in Amman or whether I'm, you know, look, I'm on your podcast, Christopher. I, I do have to take a moment <laughs> to think, wow, this, is, this has become a job. Because as a child, I, I either wanted to be a newsreader, a spy, or the Archbishop of Canterbury. Etiquette expert didn't come into it. So I'm, I'm thrilled that it, it has become a thing. Now, William, you present the hit comedy podcast, Help, I Sexted My Boss, alongside the lesser-known Jordan North. <laughs> How's Jordan? Jordan is all right. He is fine, thank you. Well, he's very talented. I, I like him a lot. He's uh, terrific. And, you know, he did so well in the jungle. I think He should have won, really. I mean, I think that was... Well, the- mm, yes. I mean, and, and did you see the, the, the results, the, the sort of the percentages? He missed out by like, 0.5%. Well, I can understand because I'm sure that the girl whose husband was the pop star, I'm sure all the pop star people voted. Yeah, and she had a huge following already, whereas Jordan really, you know, although some people knew him, he, within the space of three weeks, in effect, I'm going to say, matched her in terms of profile and votes. So he he built a fan base, whereas I think Giovanna had an existing fan base that helped. Yeah, I mean, I thought he came over the best, without any doubt. Oh, absolutely. She was, she was charming. I mean, you know, mm. very nice. But I didn't even know who she was, and I, I you know, it didn't help because the pop group is not a, a particularly um, group. You're not a I big McFly it, person. No, funny enough, isn't that interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's your what would you, what would be your record that you would uh, M- listen M- to? Mosquito, I like. M- Mosquito. Mugnat. Uh, I don't have any... I, I'm not really up in uh, pop music, as, no. we, as we say. It's, it, I think it's very... I mean, I like uh, odd things that I hear, but I'm not... I don't follow anybody. I mean, I'm more Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the old school Shirley Bassey. Yes. Oh, Shirley Bassey, um, uh, It's My Life is my I've Had a Really Bad Day song or I need a bit of sort of empowering as I walk down Regent Street or somewhere, listening to that in my headphones. Yeah, perfect. It's a good song. She's a lovely woman. Do you know if you've ever met her? No, I've never met her. Oh, she's lovely. She really is. And she's fun. At my 60th birthday, I had a, a, a party for 400 of my closest friends, sit-down dinner at the Landmark Hotel, and I had the lookalike Shirley Bassey <laughs> uh, do the cabaret. And when she came on, people, uh, people like Joan Collins, who knows her really well, was, thought it was, uh, it was Shirley. <laughs> It was a gasp. She thought, where have I got the money to get Shirley Bassey to come and sing? And uh, it was wonderful, I have to say. She was fantastic, this girl. She's a very, very good impressionist. That's fun. So now you're here to play Show and Tell. Yes, I'm very excited. Now, have you got your first item? I do. Could you describe it to me before you show it to me? OK. Well, it's it's quite thick. Yeah, oh, re- <laughs> yes. Steady. Um, it's well thumbed, right? It's blue with gold, white, and black on it. Is it a book? It is a book. Yes, good. And is it a book on etiquette? It is. This is the very first book that I was given on etiquette by my grandmother when I was twelve. And without this book, I wouldn't really probably be sitting here talking to you. This was the book that um, got me interested in etiquette. De Brett's New Guide to Etiquette and Modern Manners, written by John Morgan, the late John Morgan. And it was, I mean, it's very dry for a 12-year-old. There's no, there's no photographs. It's all just text, text, text. 
And I was quite a precocious child, which I know is hard to believe, Christopher. Very hard to believe. Yes. I can't um, know. No. Thank you. And my, uh, my, my grandmother thought it would appeal to my precocity. Yes, she was right there. Yes, yeah, she, she was right. I mean, I didn't jump at the chance. She, would stay, she always used to stay with us at Christmas and would come up to me and say, have you read the bit about how to eat asparagus? Do you yet know how to address a bishop during Lent? That sort of thing. And I didn't. So I thought, well, I better get on and um, read it. And uh, it was quite funny. It was quite acerbic. It was quite cutting. And suddenly I, I, I was aware that there was a subject that I was learning that was sort of staying in my brain, whereas everything else at school sort of went in one ear and out the other. Is it helpful to you? It, I, I genuinely think that, with the exception of obviously anything that I've published, it is the best one that there is. On, I say on the market, you can't, it's out of print, but you can, you can get old copies if you know where to look. Um, it's very comprehensive. It's a lovely way to sort of look back on our society as it was at the time, because there are certain things in it that we just don't do anymore. But yes, it, it is, it is all-encompassing, and sadly nobody publishes books like this anymore. Do people get in touch with you and say, look, I'm doing this dinner or I'm having a party or I'm yes. uh, a wedding or whatever and say, can you help me? In, in, they in do. And it's, it's, it's funny because I sometimes, um, you know, sometimes they just email me, which is, which is fine, but I'm not a charity. No, of um, not. And, if, it, and every, if everybody did that, I, I'd never earn any money because I'd just sit there answering uh, questions. Sometimes, I mean, someone, I've had families write to me that have said, oh, we're having an argument, a really big argument in our family as to who has the remote control. Could you please settle it? <laughs> what was the answer? Oh, the, oh, they sent, literally, they said, like, you know, here's my father's opinion, here's my mother's opinion, here's my opinion. And I, it, was, it was this huge email. I remember thinking, is this a joke? And this was years ago, before I even did sexed the, the podcast or anything like oh, that. Oh, it must it was, have been a joke, surely. Well, I hope so. You don't know. I mean, if it's a serious question and it, it'll only take me a, a few minutes to respond, I don't mind responding when I've got the time. But, yeah, no, they do. People do, or I'm going to... I've, I get film productions or TV productions going, oh, should I wear gloves? Should should I not wear gloves? Should this... The, the director's saying this, but actually... I think this, which is correct. So, so people do. They are interested. But do you think pe- things like what you've just described, those few things, that go out of fashion? I mean, should I wear gloves? I mean, is that is that a necessity now? Should should you wear gloves? Oh no, today, today no. Very rarely do, do people wear gloves unless it's for, for practical, you know, warmth outside with a coat. Uh, but it's more when they're doing period dramas or, or they're doing things set in the fifties and they're unsure as to whether a lady would wear gloves to eat. And of course, no, a lady takes them off to eat. That, I, that, I would have thought that was sort of obvious because you don't want to muck up the gloves with food, do you? You know, And it's quite hard to hold a, a champagne flute or a, yeah. a teacup it's with gloves. It's very slippy, isn't it? But then people in their head, you know, the, the thing I get irritated about is when you see either stock imagery on websites or stuff on Instagram or even things in in film where they think the butlers all wear gloves. Well, no, a butler never wore gloves. Footmen wore gloves because they were considered dirty, basically, because of the bath water and bloody, bloody, blah. But the butler was the head of the household. He was first in the bath. He was clean. And also it was a, it was a delineation. <laughs> so all of this sort of white glove butler stuff that you see, all the hotels that think the butlers need to wear white gloves, well, they don't. It's also very impractical. It's fascinating. I like that. I like the fact that you were in the bath first, so you don't have to wear gloves. Yes, well, they know that. I mean, the footmen, you know, they were always these sort of young, lithe, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and they were they would low down the pecking order, so they got in the bath water sort of sixth. <laughs> Pretty grim. 
very grim. Yeah. Perhaps we should bring that back, save money. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Bar for the friend. Uh, no, I, I, I'm sad that it's not published regularly because I think it's a, it's, it's a lovely bit of our history, which mm. is fantastic. Yeah. And there are people, of course, as we know, who still live like that. Well, yes. I mean, in my head, it's like this. It's it's like this all the time. But you know, the royal family do. You know, the, and you see it sort of in the Crown, which is of course fabulous, but not a documentary. It's a it's a work of fiction. But the sort of the way they live, or the way it's shown, to a large extent, especially as we get closer to the modern day, is is they do are regulated by rules and regulations and a, a certain formality. It's fascinating etiquette because, of course. We've both been to some very grand dinner parties, and uh, I, I went, one of the grandest I ever went to was uh, a woman who's married the president of Iceland. Right. Um, and she had a dinner party before she got married. She had a dinner party in her house in Cadogan Square. I thought it was the chicest thing I'd ever seen. There were 12 of us, and she had two tables of 12. And in different rooms, and we had the uh, starter and the main course in dining table one. Mm-hmm. And then we all moved for pudding and coffee and cheese to the second table. Lovely. And were they decorated differently? Decorated differently. And it was I thought it was so chic. I was quite young, I think, at the time. But I was terribly impressed. I mean, I thought this is, this is how the other half live. And was there a different um, place à table? Yes, we were all moved around, which I think is a very good idea to move around. But I never... Do you do it? Uh, when I, ha- I have done it, but when space allows. But for more casual entertaining, yes. no, I don't do it anymore. Dinner parties, I think, are so wonderful. They're, they're just marvellous times to get talking and to find out about people. What's your vibe when you do a dinner party? Are you doing quite formal stuff or are you or are you more casual sort of Nigella big thing in the middle of the table everyone help themselves? No, we're we're a mixture I think. You know, like uh we like doing starter and Neil my partner is a very very good cook. Oh, really okay. good cook and he he loves experimenting and things. So he's he's excellent. Uh and it's just nice to uh be have interesting food, but to be sort of informal with it. Yes. You know, I mean, you know, and I, I tell you what I love, and I, I regret that I've never inherited enough of it, hmm. is china and glassware. Yeah. Did you inherit from your grandmother china or uh, glassware? It's gone to someone else. A little bit of slight bone of contention. Uh, <laughs> I, have inherited lots, I have inherited lots of stuff. I've got all of her Le Creuset pots and pans, original sort of 70s stuff. Really? What colour? Uh, the, the original, like the orangey colour, the orangey one. Yeah. Yes, yes. The and I've, there is some other stuff that I have. I, her, I, her, I inherited other granny, not etiquette granny's um, silver tea service and things like that. But the the cutlery and plates sadly gone somewhere else. <laughs> to a lesser home. Oh dear! Within oh dear, the family, and it, they won't get used. Uh, no, it is awful because I loved using. I I, I um, was doing a pantomime once in. Birmingham, and it was near the Royal Briley um, mm. glassware. Nice. And with the pantomime was three months long, and so towards the last uh, month and a half, we, we we dropped matinees. So I had to find things to do. So I used to go to the Royal Briley, and Royal Briley used to do the Royal Yacht Britannia yes. glassware, and of course it was just divine. And they did seconds of it. Oh, good. So I bought two hundred and fifty glasses for a hundred pounds. 
and I've I, I've got still got them. And I but I I was thinking the other day, I would like some more. Do you think they, they would they still be? They well, just be, sorry, two hundred and fifty not enough for you. Well, no, you break them. You know things okay. happen to them. You know and what have you? And no, no, it's, it, it, and they were also not. Oh, they were they were like ten red wine glasses, ten champagne glasses, oh, okay. ten what you know. And I two, thought they were all identical. No, 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 no. no four okay. decanters. Right. Um, okay. But I, I, I would. It's going to ring them and say, look, do you still do? Any of those, because they're such lovely glasses. I would love to get some more of them, but I'm sure yeah, they don't. I suspect on the basis that Britannia was decommissioned in 97 that probably yeah. they've, they've stopped doing it. Yes. But you never know. It's worth asking. It's worth asking, I suppose. I might do that. Or you could look on, on eBay. They sometimes do, you know, get some old... I got some lovely Christoffel silver stuff on eBay for next to nothing. That's quite a good idea. I might do that. Mm, no, I don't, worth, worth a look. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a member of eBay. Are you a member of eBay? Uh, yeah, yes, I've got an account, and um, I once for, for teaching for etiquette. Um, obviously, as we know, there are lots of sort of silly little knives and forks and stuff that the Victorians are, are predominantly responsible for. And I thought I used to talk about them, and I thought, well, I know what I should do. I should get one of everything. So I'll get one strawberry fork, which is a tiny little sort of doll's house fork. I'll get a <laughs> lobster pick. I'll get a, all these ridiculous stuff because it's quite, you know, when you need to sort of kill time a bit with the client, it's quite good to get it out. So I sat on eBay one evening. In 15 minutes, I knew exactly what I was looking for, one of everything, put it in my basket. And then eBay suddenly, just as I was about to pay, limited my account because, quote unquote, they had detected suspicious activity. So they wanted me to phone their call centre to explain why I was buying all of these sharp items. Now, you try explaining to somebody in the Philippines what a strawberry fork is, Christopher. It's tough, and why you need one, and what your job is. So I do have an eBay account, but I use it cautiously. Uh, well, now, now, what's your second item? Well, I, I'm sort of slightly cheating here, because there are two, but it's sort of two of the same. Um, my, my great... I mean, I've got lots of things in my life that I love, but Mary Poppins, the books, the films, the musical, absolute top of top of my list. So I have the umbrellas. Uh, oh, how wonderful! Now. As we'll know, so this is the original umbrella. Is it? And this is well, not the original umbrella. Oh, oh right, right, right. Got lost, but this is this is a uh, no. That would be worth quite a lot. Uh, this this is a, a, a replica of the original which is the Julie Andrews one. And then this is a replica of the Emily Blunt, the newer film, because they changed the design. So it's the, the newer one is thinner. It's a brown wood uh, with gold detailing. It's actually a nicer umbrella to use because it's lighter, whereas the, uh, the original one is, is the green parrot with the, the black and the, the blue eye. But this, this is... I mean, you could use this as a weapon. If someone came up to you, you could yes, clock them on the head with it. Um, you'd struggle with, with this one because it's a bit lighter. But I, I love these, and, and very few people realise when you're out and about using them. Not that I use them that often, but when I have, they don't get what it is. No, it's a shame, because they can, are beautiful. They are beautiful. In particular, this one, they, they only, for the Mary Poppins Returns umbrella, they only produced, I think they did a limited run of 2,000 in the world. And and this is one of 2,000, which I don't know how many of these they did. I didn't like the Emily Blunt film. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, no. no, I did I did really like it. Um, it, it the, the Mary Poppins that she portrays is a Poppins closer to the books rather than the, the Julie Andrews version. She's a bit ruder and tartar. And in the book, she's, she's actually really quite rude. 
and dismissive of everything. I mean, one of my favourite lines is, New York, wherever that is, um, <laughs> she says in the book. Um, there, were lots of th- there were lots of things I did like about the Mary Poppins Returns film, but there's talk of them doing another one, and I- I'd rather they just left it there. Oh, yes, I, I get so frustrated when they do that. I mean, I tell you what I did enjoy was the documentary film. Saving Mr Banks. Yes, which I thought was fantastic. Really, really good. Love it. Um, And I I particularly like the performances and I I like the fact that, you know, it was very complicated for them with her to Mm. produce that film. I mean, everything she said no to. She was a very difficult woman and, and she had very set opinions on how... Mary, Mary Poppins, her character, should be portrayed on the screen. And 20 years it took Walt Disney to get the rights for that film. And thank heavens he did, because, I mean, we probably wouldn't be talking about it now. No. Have you seen the stage musical? Uh, many times. And my friend yeah. Cameron McIntosh, who is a, mm. a great friend, became very friendly with her. Yes, because he, he managed to get the film right. Uh, yes. Sorry, the, the stage the show stage rights. rights. And also, he, you know, she by then was... I think she was softened a bit by the fact, yes. of course, that Mary Poppins had made her so much money. And she was going to make a lot more money now with the stage show. I mean, I thought the stage show was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, it's phenomenal. I have seen it quite a lot of times. Yes. And uh, I'm booked to see it on the first night back when it comes back. But there's a question of when that first night is now. So Yes. Oh, I might see you there. Yes. Yeah, well, no, come come say hi. We'll we'll say we'll have a a jolly holiday. Absolutely. No, I think it's it's such an uplifting show. Oh, it's lovely. And at the end, I cry. Oh, yes. You know the bit at the end. I know, I know. Well, just wonderful. I'm, and I think I think when I watch it, when it comes back after the the year year and a half, however long it's going to be that we've all had, pfft, good luck, everyone. Right. So I'm also going to show William something of my own. Oh. <laughs> Are you prepared for this? That's why I turned up. <laughs> I'm holding it in my hands now. Any guesses as to what it may be? Is it thick and quite well thumbed as well? Oh, it is. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Welcome back to, uh, what was it called? Oh, yes. (laughs) Welcome back to Show and Tell. Uh, We're having a wonderful time. I've got William Hanson here, who's amused me for the the first part of the show. Absolutely wonderful. Now, I've got my item in my hand. Now, uh, it's something that um, I got. I I did a one-man show at the Edinburgh Festival. I did the last show there, which was two years ago, I think. And a woman came up to me and said, uh, would I like this particular object that her husband had made? And it was something to do with the fact that I had won I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Okay. And so she thought it was, and I I thought it was absolutely marvellous. And the next day she brought it in uh, to give it to me. So it is, uh, it's a little bit on on the lines of your umbrella, funny enough. Okay. And it's got a particularly uh, exotic, erotic handle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm interested. Where does it normally li- where does it normally live? If if we weren't doing this podcast, where do you keep it? Well, when when we started thing, I asked Neil to bring it up because we keep it in the in in a, in a, uh, a container which keeps the umbrellas in, ready f- for me to open the door and see what the what the uh, surroundings are like, or do I need this? In fact, funny enough, I I've been de- having to need this more and more. They're very sort of Victorian, I think, in a way. But of course, people have used them for years and years and years. Any idea? 
Is it a, a, some sort of stick? Yeah, well, you, I think, yes, it is a stick. Yes, well done. Thank you. But it's what the handle is. Now, the handle is something that I, I had to eat in the jungle. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, is, is it phallic? Ish. Okay, is it, uh, would it be attached to a phallus? Yes. Is it some sort of testicle? Well done, very good. <laughs> it's a kangaroo's testicles. Oh. I'm lifting it out now to, now to show you. And uh, I, I, I go a bit closer. Does that better? Yes, that's a bit oh better. Oh my gosh. I know, but it, it fits rather nicely on the hands because you're, you're, some of the fingers fall between the balls. And uh, and it, it, it's it's very nice, mm. much nicer than having to eat the testicles. I must say, I think I would rather touch them than eat them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't twist my words. <laughs> and I noticed that it's got, got a bit of hair. Yeah, it's got hair. It's got hair. Did it have more hair when you originally were given it? Has no, 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 no. It was like this. It was it's slightly worn on the top. Um, and uh, but it was uh, he obviously has uh, he, he does a lot of these. It's such a very nice stick, actually. Nice. And what, what what's the actual sticky bit? Is, I mean, is that a nice sort of wood? Uh, or? Yeah, no, it's just an ordinary wood with a, with a, an ending to it like that. Nice. You know. Yes. Oh, there, so like that. Um, nice. Actually, I don't think it is attractive. Actually, funny enough. Anyway, but it's it's it's, it's a talking point. It is a talking point. Would you like to fill my balls? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but when I was in the jungle, uh, the, the, you know, the uh, the actual eating of the testicles uh, was horrendous because I put them in my mouth and I bit into them, and all this liquid exploded <sighs> in my in my mouth, and I had to swallow it. Then I had to chew the actual sack, and then nine months later, I gave birth to a joey. <laughs> And here he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's the producer. He's the producer. Yes. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. But I, oh, I, wow. I, I love it because a, I loved my time in Edinburgh. Edinburgh Festival was wonderful, and I'm very sad that it didn't happen last year. The whole wonderful thing about the Edinburgh Festival. Have you have done the Edinburgh Festival? Mm, I have. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's, it's great. Soul-destroying, but... Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, that, it depends what you're doing, of course, yes, but it is soul-destroying, you're right. And you never know if anyone's going to turn up. That's what my, my fear was every day. Well, you try doing a show with etiquette in the title. Yeah, oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> but it, uh, That'll have them coming. What time did you go on? Oh, lunchtime. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, quite. And we only did two weeks because we got a slot quite late, late on. Um, and it was great fun. I mean, we had we had some really, really good shows with some great audiences, great in terms of every aspect. But then we also had some audiences with 10. So, um, but it's fine. I mean, it, was, it just becomes like a, an etiquette seminar. It just becomes the day job, really. Um, but it was it was good. I can remember handing out a leaflet to some people as they went past and they they were <laughs> Americans and they went, oh, yeah, we, were you on Chelsea Handler? And I was like, oh, yes, yes, I was. Like, oh, great. And they, they took the leaflet and looked at it and went, yeah, no thanks, and just handed it back. <laughs> In Britain, we just take the leaflet and go and pretend we're coming. And then throw it away ten minutes later. Yeah. No, it, it is... It, it, and I, I, It's like everything. It's like, you know, if you... Uh, are a celebrity of whatever that means uh, and you, you're asked to go and open a shop 
and you wait round the corner uh, at, with a publicist, and uh, for I don't know what they wait you waiting around the corner for, but you are you're early or something, and you yeah. you weren't terrified that no one's going to turn up. That is one's horror that you're going to ri- arrive there and, there and there's just ten staff from Woolworths, you know, there waiting for you. <laughs> And they know they're open. It's, it's it's very embarrassing the whole thing. I was once asked to launch a new lavatory, <laughs> the the Gerbrit AquaClean. I remember it very well. Oh, it washes your bottom, does it? When you yes, have, that yes, one. Yes. Mm. Do they give you one? No, I genuinely couldn't do it. I think I was in China or something at the time. Oh, I think what a shame. I know, but yes, that's that's the most exciting thing I've been asked to open. I would I would quite like to have one of those toilets. Funnily enough, do you know what? I've used, in fact, I'm probably in China on that trip. I use one. Funny at first, but yeah. after a while, you can't imagine life without. <laughs> no, exactly. Yes, or of course, in the Middle East, there's that little hose. So you can always Yes, use I don't that. like that quite so much because I think no. it gets messy. Yes, unless it's your own lavatory. Yes. It can get messy. And, and there's yeah. an, an attendant. Yes, exactly. An attendant. <laughs> you know, to clean you. <laughs> Not to do it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give him a tip. Yes, exactly. 500, <laughs> was it? Need <laughs> danger money. So now we're going to your third item. So this was a, a gift for my 30th birthday a few years ago from a friend. And again, the friend will remain uh, nameless, probably. Oh, I don't know whether, whether he shame. Sh- well, it's, um, well, I've had it framed. It's the Queen Mother's telephone directory that she would have had next to her phone... That with all the extensions of all the people that she might need to get in touch with within her household. How brilliant. And it's quite fun because it sits next to the phone uh, where we are. And so if I want to speak to, uh, I don't know, the uh, the lady-in-waiting's maid, uh, I dial 43. No one answers, <laughs> but I dial 43 or I can speak to uh, Queen Elizabeth herself. She was on 12. Uh, the lady-in-waiting was uh, 15. Rafe Ann Struther, her, her uh, comptroller. 17. So it's, it's quite good fun. Do you ever... Do you ever uh, well, I'm, don't stop me because I'll tell the story anyway, but it's mm. a wonderful story <laughs> I, I love, uh, which you, you could tell me at the end that you knew that story, was the Queen Mother, uh, when she was at Clarence House, uh, had a... Uh, was it Coots, her bank? Mm. Was it Coots? And she got into a huge, huge overdraft situation. Yeah. And I think it was all the champagne and the uh, all the wonderful things and the staff, you know, probably misusing her. And the bank manager at Coots had to get in touch with the Queen and say, Mum, I'm sorry to, to bother you, but your mother's account is really hugely overdrawn. And she said, don't tell Mummy and I'll pay it, <laughs> which I thought was terribly, terribly sweet. So nice. There was a, a nice story um I can't remember where, where I heard it or read it, but she was coming back from a lunch, and obviously the Queen Mother's lunches went on, that she was a guest, went on a bit, and she was driving up the mall towards Clarence House, with or being driven, and she was obviously, she'd had one too many gin and de bonnets and was too, uh, was a bit giddly, and obviously people started, you know, police escort, the, the people on either side of the mall started to, you know, wave and, and recognise, and she was she was so piddly that she was waving, but just sort of started slipping down the seat, so just eventually she just disappears <laughs> under the glass of the car uh, and and fell on the floor. Oh, God, how wonderful. Did you ever know Billy, backstairs Billy? Do you know, that's that's whose story... No, I didn't, but that's whose story it is, because he was uh, well, next to her. He was a great friend of mine, and I often would oh. go, because he had that wonderful little house, which is still there, in next to Clarence's house, right on the mm. mall. 
And uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful stories that he has because he he was worked so hard and he adored uh, mm. the Queen Mother. Absolutely loved her, and she loved him too. I mean, it was a uh, a very he special... was on extension thirty four. Oh, really? Oh, how wonderful! Yes. How marvelous! That is interesting. No, so he he was marvelous. He he was just a wonderful, wonderful man, and he used to employ all the staff. So and uh, all the staff were gay. Because the Queen Mother instigated this because her two children were daughters. So, you know, she didn't want men interfering with her. So she thought mm. what the, the good idea would be, she talked to the husband and said, if we employ all the staff are gay, they won't interfere with our daughters. And, of course, that's, that was the thinking. So they had this guy and uh, Billy said, right, tomorrow morning you'll take Her Majesty her breakfast. He'd been there training for about a month or two months. And he said, oh, no, but please, Billy, no, I can't, no, I can't, oh, please. No, he said, no, 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 you do it tomorrow morning. All you have to do is you knock on the door, you've got the tray and someone will open the door and you, so you will, someone will push you in and someone will close the door after you and you go in. All you do is you bow, you put the tray on the bed and you bow again and you leave. And he said, no, please don't, please. So the following morning, there's about 12 people outside the Queen Mother's bedroom. One knocks on the door, another one pushes him in, another one closes the door, and it goes on like that. Anyway, she gets, he gets in, <laughs> puts the tray on the bed and turns to go and says, good, says, good morning, Mum, and turns to go. And she says, you're new here. So he turns around. <laughs> he said, yes, I am. She said, are you gay? And he said, I am. You'll love it here. <laughs> I, I, have, you, have you ever met her? The Queen Mother, no. no nor have I. And uh, another great friend of mine was uh, retired Archdeacon of London, Peter Delaney, who was her vicar. And I never met her, and I would love to have met her. I've met all the royals uh, all the way through. And I, I took Diana, uh, Princess Diana, to Eliza Minnelli concert at the Albert Hall once, which was amazing. Gosh, I mean, you can't get more camp. No, no, it really was. And we were waiting to go in and I, uh, they dimmed the lights. And I said to her, I've just seen that picture of Britannia of you crouching down with your arms open and your two boys running towards you. And I said, what a wonderful picture. She said, well, you've got to understand they're the most important things in my life. And I thought, oh, dear, you know, Aww. it's terrible. Yeah, but um, uh, the Queen Mother, I would love to have met because she, I, think I mean, she, she was such a she was such a character. Oh, I'm sure really you was. know that that apocryphal story, which I'm sure happened, and it's with William Talon and um, I can't remember who the other one was, but obviously another another gay uh, footman or, or page, and um, they were having some argument around six o'clock in the evening, which is obviously was gin and a bonnet time, <laughs> uh, and they're bickering outside the room, and suddenly the Queen Elizabeth pipes up with, "Could one of you old queens bring this old queen a drink?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fabulous. <laughs> oh God, they they, God they, they they had a wonderful time there. I mean, it was a riot. I mean, I think things are quite different now. I don't think they're quite the riot that they used to have when they were at the Queen Mum was there. Uh, n- no. And there's that wonderful photograph of the, one of the Queen... There was a big tree, or there is a big tree, in the, the garden at Clarence House, where she would, they would have their outdoor lunches. And there's this wonderful, beautifully dressed table, like you would never dress a table now, under this tree, and they would sit out and have all these long lunches that would go on and on. It's, I mean, just a, a bygone era, sadly. No, it was a, a real, uh, a real, very special time. I think all of that, and I, I don't know about you, but I think that when I, I'm a great, great, great fan of Her Majesty the Queen, oh, yes. I think she's wonderful. I mean, I've met her several times. Um, uh, one of the times I, I love is I. It was a, a charity do. I was doing the auction after the uh, event, and it was for the Red Cross. 
and the Queen and Philip had to sit through Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, Bombay Dreams. Was it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Bombay and, Nights uh, or something? Or, yeah. yeah, whatever it's called. And, uh, Bombay, Bombay Mix? I don't know. No, anyway, it was one of his shows. And uh, so I met her in the interval. If you were doing things, you were, so... Uh, she came along to our little group and the man said, this is Christopher Biggers is going to do the auction afterwards. Oh, how lovely. I said, well, it is lovely, ma'am, because, <laughs> you know, here I am. I'm, you, here you've been, you've, you've seen the show and everyone's enjoyed it, which I lied. And, uh, but, you know, afterwards, you've raised a lot of money being here. But hopefully when you leave, I'll raise more money. And she didn't move. She just stood there and looked at me. I don't know what she was thinking. But anyway, I, I, I thought, I'm so embarrassed. And it seemed like hours, but of course it was seconds, probably. But I said, and she was wearing the most incredible dress with the most wonderful pearls. I mean, they were huge. I'd never seen such huge pearls around her neck. And I said to her, I don't suppose you've got anything I can auction. And she gave me <laughs> such a look and went off. A car. So I turned to Neil and we were laughing. And then 10 minutes later, she came back to me oh. and she said, what are, you, what are you auctioning? So I said, well, I've got uh, art and memorabilia and holidays and jewellery. And she went, oh, clasping the pearls round her <laughs> neck and going off and looking with high judgment with a twinkle in her eye. It was just <laughs> wonderful. Can you imagine if she'd said, here, take these pearls? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful moment. Wow. The charity would never have had to ask for money again. No, no, they wouldn't. Well... William, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I loved your three items. They were they were marvellous. Which was your favourite out of those three? Oh, probably the Queen Queen Elizabeth's telephone directory. I think. Yeah, that's that's my favourite. That's very chic. I think you'd probably get a lot of money for that, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, you see, yeah. I mean, the the yeah. You you can't you can't. They're not on eBay. Uh, or anything no. like that. You can't go and buy them. So that's something that money can't buy, and and it has huge sentimental value for me. No, I think I think that's I think that's my favourite. Funny enough, because I think the uh, Mary Poppins umbrellas were fun, but uh, you've got two of them, and I, I, they're not quite as unique. No. Uh, as and I and I think that you can go to a library and get that silly old book. You know, <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, it's my late grandmother gave it to me and it launched my career. But other than that, Christopher, it's fine. I'm sorry. I forgot forgot about the grandmother. I was hoping, I was upset that she didn't give you a a set of uh, china, you know, a a dinner set for 15 or something. No, that was left to someone else. But I'm obviously over it, so it's fine. Yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously how long has she died? <laughs> oh, she's been gone for five years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no anyway. Well, that's uh, it's been really, really lovely talking to you, and I wish I'd met your grandmother. I really do. Oh, she was a character. Yeah, I'm sure she was. If she, anything like you was it on your mother's side or your father's side. My mother's side. Yes. Yeah, she. My best. My best grandmother's story, which was before I was born, um, at my parents' wedding when they got engaged. My my grandmother said to my uh, her future son-in-law. Now I want Psalm. I think it was Psalm 21. And my father said, but that's a funeral psalm. You know, mother, mother-in-law. I don't, I don't want that. Um, and she said, "No, I think Psalm twenty-one is very fitting." He said, "No, it's a funeral psalm. I'm not having that at my wedding." Uh, anyway, so nothing, nothing more was said about it. And then on the day, as they are standing there at the altar, the uh, dean or the canon suddenly says, "And now, the choir will perform Psalm twenty-one, not in the order of service." And Granny had somehow got the dean or the canon to do Psalm 21. And my father, to to Granny's dying day, was so cross with her for going behind her back. So I said, look, 
she's dead now, do a wedding psalm at the funeral. That's payback. But he uh, he didn't go down that route. Oh, that would have been wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been And so she would have found wonderful. that funny. Yeah, she would have done, obviously. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for being with me today. I've really enjoyed it. And if you've enjoyed listening to these conversations, make sure you follow Show and Tell with Christopher Biggins on the podcast provider of your choice. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review too, we'd be awfully grateful. You can also follow us on social media. We're at Biggins Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.